Now, we're not going to be about, you know, slogans and all this, whatever it may, it may be. Um, the best player going to play, you know, the toughest dude going to play, and uh, ain't no fluff. How bad is number two on it? Calvin Ridley for six. In the 2021 NFL Draft, the Atlanta Falcons select Kyle Pitts. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Heads Up Podcast, your source for all things Falcons related in the official Atlanta Falcons podcast of the Fansided Network. And finally, the Falcons get a win that feels like a win. You feel like you just watched a good football team play some really good football. Um, we traveled to London to face the New York Jets, uh, and we win 27-20 to 20, uh, over them. And these are the kind of things that kick off the week the right way. I know when the Falcons are victorious like this, it's going to take something pretty serious to bring me down for the remainder of the week. I know that I'm going to be feeling really good. And the reason I say that is because we get to ride this high for two weeks as we go into the bye week and look to facing uh, the Miami Dolphins in a couple weeks, who are 1-4. and four. So a fun game to look to, a winnable game uh, to look forward to. Um, but this was a fun game. Uh, a lot of good things happened in this game for us. Um, and we're going to break it all down right now. We all hate when we lose our balls in the rough on the golf course. Well, imagine how your girl feels with all those pubes around your pearls. It's a bad look, bro. She does not like it no matter how much she pretends she's okay with it. That's why I'm telling you about Manscaped.com. You've seen the ads and the commercials before. They are the top provider for all your trimming needs to make sure you never nick those pearls down below. They've got a brand new lawnmower 4.0 made specifically for a comfortable trim. This is top of the line stuff, guys. Get the performance package and I can get you 20% off and free shipping using the code FANSIDED20. Inside this package, you'll get their Lawnmower 4.0, Weed Whacker for those annoying ear and nose hairs that you get, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxers, and you're going to get a travel bag uh, to hold all the ball stuff that you've got there in. Now, you're only going to get this deal here at the Heads Up Falcons podcast. So go to manscaped.com, use that code I told you about, FANSIDED20, for 20% off and free ship. Now, I know it's the Jets that we were playing out there. Obviously, a team that's not that good. But I can't help but be giddy and a little bit fired up right now about the fact that every week this team is improving uh, from a schematic standpoint. Every week you're seeing this team look a little bit better than they were before. And here at week five now, you know, going against, yeah, a team that's not that good, but we're traveling overseas, going over to London uh, against the Jets, who are dealing with the same conditions that we are. And these games tend to be very sloppy games, a lot of jet lag, right? All those different things like that. And we went over there, and other than a few turnovers here and there, and uh, some other little things that happened in the game, I mean, we handled them pretty well. Um, again, especially from an, the offensive side of the ball, and we're you know, now at week five with this new regimen, and we're starting to see all the things that we heard about Arthur Smith and what he can do come into play. Okay, so it's not, 
you know, we're not doing anything out of the ordinary from what we expected. We expected him to do certain things, and we're seeing those things come into play, and they're working extremely well, um, especially with Matt Ryan um, and um, the offensive line and using the tight ends, the 12 personnel. All those things are starting to come into play, and those are the things you got to look at and say, okay, this team – this new regimen is going in the right direction, and it's starting to work. And you've got to feel good about that. This is where you want to be five games into the season with the conditions around this team being cast-strapped, having a lot of makeshift players out there, um, talent-strapped, if you will, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And this team um, is looking pretty good at this point with a real nice win uh, going into this bye week. So, We'll jump into the game summary real quick um, and go through all the scoring plays here. So quarter one, uh, eight minutes and forty six. We get a uh, eight minutes and forty six seconds. We get a field goal from Youngway Koo, um, and that was a fourteen play drive, sixty two yards, um, six minutes and fourteen uh, minute drive there. And you're starting to think at that point, oh god, the red zone woes are continuing. Next up, we get a drive, uh, quarter one, one minute and 42 seconds left. Kyle Pitts finally gets the touchdown that we've been searching for for him. A 10-play drive, 92 yards. It was five minutes and 16 seconds long, and we're feeling pretty good. 10-0 up at that point. Uh, quarter two, 11 minutes um, and one second on the clock. Hayden Hurst for a 17-yard touchdown on a pass down the middle. Um, eight plays, 77-yard drive that lasted three minutes and 59 seconds. We had an opportunity at about 10 minutes left in the second quarter to, with the pick from Jalen Hawkins to make this game start looking pretty ugly, uh, but Hayden Hurst can't hang on to the ball and fumbles with uh, right at the 10-yard line as we were going down to score off that pick. Um, and then they turn around, the Jets turn around, drive down the field um, on a long drive and then kick a field goal with two minutes left. Um, in the second quarter, um, it was uh, about a seven-minute and 43-second drive. And we get the ball back. Matt Ryan goes into ice mode, drives down the field right before the second half, and we get a field goal. Half, we're 20, uh, up 20-3 to three on them. Uh, quarter three, 10 minutes and 56 seconds on the clock. They get a rushing touchdown from Johnson uh, up the middle, That was a, uh, and it was off the uh, fumble. Um, and that was a seven-play, 29-yard um, drive. Uh, four minutes and four seconds uh, was the was the time on um, that drive for them. Uh, fourth quarter here, six minutes and uh, 55 seconds uh, left on the clock after a long period there uh, from the um, qu uh, third quarter to the fourth quarter with uh, no no points being scored. Uh, Michael Carter rushed uh, for a touchdown, two yards, uh, and that was a four-play drive, 90 yards. And the reason that that happened is that pass interference from A.J. Terrell. Um, Got to give him a pass on that. Uh, he's been playing extremely well, and it was just um, – he kind of I think he misread the timing most of all of making a play on the ball, but he probably could have turned around and made a pick on that if he was um, – if he had his head turned on that. Uh, fourth quarter here, two minutes and 19 seconds. Um, we drive down the field, and in clutch fashion, um, Mike Davis gets a rushing touchdown. And for me, this was huge going into this bye week. That, that play had a lot of symbolism for me. 
Um, he got stood up at about the two-yard line on that rushing touchdown, and um, whole offense pushes him over. I mean, it was our offense versus their defense pushing Mike Davis back and forth, and we push him over the goal line to score the touchdown. So that had a lot of meaning, that play for me, um, and just where this team is at, the momentum, the culture, and everything. Uh, so that was a big play for me uh, in this game. And then uh, to closing out the fourth quarter, closing out the game here, 17 seconds left. The Jets get a field goal um, after a nice sack uh, from Jacob Tutti Mariner and trying onside and fell, and we get the victory. So uh, that it was a good win, man. Again, other than a couple of them turnovers, it felt really, really good. Um, and you felt like you, we had. I felt like we had control of the game the entire time. My biggest takeaway was Arthur Smith maximizing the potential of the best players you know that he had on the field. I mean, we didn't have. Calvin Ridley, we didn't have Russell Gage, had some other players out as well, but those are the big names on the offensive side of the ball that we did not have out there, and Arthur Smith was consistently finding ways to get the best players the ball, Patterson, Pitts, Hurst, and those guys led the numbers, so you know your game plan going into this was that you wanted to get those guys the ball, and they led in the numbers, right, so we succeeded in making sure that the best players um, were put in the best places for them to be successful. Did a lot of pre-snap motion, uh, play action, no huddle, uh, being used in those ways to make those guys successful. So I thought the offensive game plan was was uh, extremely good, and then the execution was, was incredible out there. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, performed well when they needed to without making any stupid mistakes. That was something that we ran into a uh, week before. Um, other than A.J. Terrell's pass interference, but again, he gets a pass um, because he's been playing so damn well out there. Um, but it was pretty good. I mean, I'm not ready to give them too much because I think a lot of that was due to the horrendous play from Zach Wilson. I know he's a rookie, but man, that guy looks bad. He's missing tons of open receivers um, where we had mishaps in coverage. Um, his accuracy's terrible, and he just makes a lot of bad decisions out there, man. Let's get into the offensive side of the ball here. Um, total yards for our Atlanta Falcons, 450, um, 342 passing yards, 108 rushing yards, 16 first downs, and probably the best stat here, um, 9 of 14 on third downs. Matt Ryan has been playing out of his mind. He went 33 for 45, 342 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. He was sacked zero times and um, had 109.7 uh, passer rating. This man has been throwing dimes for the past three weeks. Uh, over the past three weeks, he's had 868 yards, eight touchdowns, and zero interceptions. I saw somebody tweet that. So I went back and looked um, at the past three games uh, to check out his passer rating. He, against the Jets, again, 109.7 passer rating. Against Washington the week before, 111.5 passer rating. And then the week before that against the Giants, 111.2. So he's been playing out of his mind. The protection increasing has has really been the catalyst uh, to him uh, being able to push the ball down the field. Um, which is when Matt Ryan's at his best. I think when he can throw in that mid-range, kind of that 10 to 20-yard mark, um, is when Matt Ryan shines the best. Um, and he's starting to be able to do that because of the protection improving. I use next-gen stats. Um, I don't know if any of you guys out there use that, but 
Um, it's put out by the NFL, and basically it shows charts and grids for quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs and everything. Um, and the grid is basically a football field and has one line of scrimmage and basically just shows um, all the routes and um, for the receivers and then for the quarterbacks, it shows where they're throwing to um, and where their completions are, incompletions and everything like that. So I went back and checked out week five versus week one. Um, he had 16 passes that were 10 yards or more in this game against the Jets. In week one, he had seven passes um, complete, completed to that range. Uh, so we've more than doubled that number since week one. So that's the progression that I'm talking about um, with this team and what we're doing. And that's, you know, you can see that in a lot of different areas with Kyle Pitch. You can see that with on the defensive side of the ball. But with Matt Ryan, it certainly shined uh, the most. Couple career milestones were hit for Matt Ryan in this game. He surpassed Eli Manning for eighth place all time in career passing yards. He also eclipsed 5,000 career completions. He's only the seventh player in history. Uh, to do that. So just adding to that Hall of Fame resume uh, that he has for all you Matt Ryan haters out there. Bottom line, guys, this guy still got it. Um, he went out there without his top two receivers, um, and his best target was a, was a rookie tight end, and he picked, he picked the defense apart. I mean, I understand that, you know, Kyle Pitts is a freak of nature, you know, and all that and everything, but at the end of the day, he's still a rookie. Um, and, you know, you've got to have a veteran out there leading and guiding these guys, and he went out there and, and, and did the thing. Um, we talked about how friendly this offense um, is to Matt's playing style and what he does out there, and we're starting to see that go into action with the with the play action, um, the no huddle. It's all starting to come together for Matt, and it's working extremely well. Um, we're going to have some tough games that we go into uh, when we come back from the bye after that Miami game, and we're really going to find out you know, where it's all at. Um, but right now it's looking extremely good. Um, these are all NFL teams that we're playing out there. Uh, but from you know a skill standpoint, obviously we're not playing the best guys out there, but I'm talking about on our end, from a schematic standpoint and what we're trying to do, we're accomplishing that. Um, so you know we talked you know we, one of the episodes we talked and we talked about Arthur Smith's offense is we talked about you know what he did with Tannehill starting to be implemented with Matt Ryan now. Um, if, and if you want an interesting stat here, I saw this earlier, um, or researched this earlier, to see how Ryan Tannehill was doing going through this season without having Arthur Smith there calling the plays. Right now, through five games without Arthur Smith, he's thrown six touchdowns, three interceptions, and has a passer rating of 89.5. Um, so Arthur Smith, he's the truth. And he's, he's putting... Um, He's putting together some some solid plans, and this offensive scheme is working extremely well for Matt and these guys with limited talent out there. Um, we saw the best game that we've seen was this game, and we didn't have two of our best you know receiving targets from the wide receiver perspective. Um, if you're not including Kyle Pitts with those guys, um, looking here at uh, the receiving side of the ball, uh, Kyle Pitts. Just a freak, man. Nine nine receptions, 119 yards, one touchdown, and then uh, this I guess this is now his career long, a 39 yard catch, and that was on 10 targets. Uh, so he had a 90 percent uh, success rate when targeted. Incredible, man. That one handed catch that he had in the second quarter, I think it was like the 12 minute mark or something. Ridiculous. I mean, the guy is everything 
that we said he was. I mean, and we we this fan base put a really high mark for him, um, and he's certainly he's certainly hitting it for sure. Uh, he can do anything, man. PFF hasn't released the grades and alignments yet. I really wanted to put on this episode talking about exactly where he lined up, how many times he lined up at tight end, slot, out wide, whatever, all those things. But he lined up in a lot of different areas. Um, but if I'm remembering, for the most part, a lot of the times he lined up at that slot role. And um, he, he was doing a lot of damage from that. A lot of slant routes. Um, he was he was running everything. Uh, if you go and look at Next Gen Stats, what I talked about a second ago, that grid actually shows they have a white line showing the route they run, and then they have a green line showing after they catch it and what they do after the ball. Running a lot of slants, outers, outs, crossers, streaks. He's every every route on the route tree. He he did in that game. It's just it's so impressive how somebody that young has a route tree that strong. Um, he just has zero weaknesses, man. And oh, and unlike Calvin Ridley, uh, he goes forward when he catches the ball. Um, if you go and look at his um, all the routes that he ran and all his um, action after the catch. Everything is going down the field, north and south. Never going east and west, man. The guy's, he's everything you want in a wideout. Um, and the last thing on him, man, the reaction um, from the entire offense uh, when he got his first TD, that's all you need to know to, to understand what kind of teammate he is and what those guys think of him out there. Every single person was as fired up as they could about him having his first touchdown as they would be their own first touchdown. And um, that was it was fun to see, man. So he's incredible. Um, his performance that he put out there, this was kind of putting the NFL on notice, and uh, he certainly did it in a powerful way. On to some of our other receiving targets here. Corderell Patterson. Um, he is the unexpected highlight of the season so far for me. I, I knew when we signed him that he would kind of serve as that Swiss Army knife, being a change of pace at running back, lining up out at receiver sometimes. Um, and all those different things like that, but certainly did not anticipate the impact um, that he would have on this offense uh, through five games. He has been a lot of fun to watch. You know when he gets the ball, something exciting is going to happen. Um, he's extremely agile. He, he can he runs hard. He makes he makes a lot of people miss, and he just the guy just makes plays. Um, and he's been lining up uh, out wide about 20% of the time and taking full advantage of those opportunities when he gets them. He's uh, ended up nine targets this game. Um, on those nine targets, seven receptions, 60 yards, no touchdowns, uh, but had three touchdowns uh, last week, so I can live with that. Uh, Tajay Sharp had four receptions, 53 yards on five targets, Hayden Hurst, four receptions, 40 yards, one touchdown on five targets, and had a fumble and almost had two fumbles. Uh, luckily, luckily, that ball fumbled out of bounds. But um, And then Lee Smith, our blocking tight end, uh, had a fun day for him. Uh, three, three receptions, 30 yards, and he has the additional stat of the worst toe tap I've probably ever seen in the NFL, but he made the catch. Um Alameda Zacchaeus, two receptions, 20 yards on four targets. And uh, Christian Blake, who is on my shit list now, uh, two receptions, uh, 12 yards, and horrendous effort on that tw about 20 or 25-yard pass from Matt Ryan that was a little bit off target, a little bit behind him, uh, but certainly a catchable ball. And he just reached out with zero effort. Uh, I think the ball like, hit him in the forearm 
um, and just didn't. It just acted as if the ball was way off target and didn't even make a strong effort for it. So pathetic uh, performance by Christian Blake uh, in this game. On to some of these rushing stats here. Um, Quarter L. Patterson, 14 carries, 54 yards, uh, 3.9 yards per carry, zero touchdowns, and um, longest run on the day was 12 yards. Uh, Mike Davis, um, 13 carries, 53 yards, 4.1 yards per carry, and a touchdown, and his longest run of the day was 17 yards um, in the fourth quarter when it was very much needed. Nothing spectacular uh, from the Russian perspective but effective when it was needed. Um, Mike Davis definitely owed us all a comeback game after last week. Um, I felt like in this game, Arthur Smith wasn't being stubborn uh, with who he thinks should get the bulk of the carries and stuff. He gave it to the right guy at the right time and you know, in all the right situations. The person that should get the ball got the ball, excluding some of the screen attempts that we were trying. I don't know why he keeps trying these screens to Mike Davis when that's Patterson's strong suit. Um, they tried it like four times trying to get um, Mike Davis screens. I'm assuming they saw something from a defensive perspective um, on film where they thought that that was a place that they could get them. Um, but I just don't think Mike Davis has the um, the ball carrier vision when he gets out into the open to, to do the screens unless it's just right there for him. And I think Patterson can make plays out in the open. Um, so I, I think he's the person that should be getting the bulk of the screen looks. In fact, he got one towards the end of the game, and I think he had a – it was a first down and about an eight, nine-yard um, reception. Um, so I just think that he needs to be getting the bulk of those uh, screen calls. Um, but with Matt playing as well as he is, we don't need to dominate the run game. Uh, we just need it to be effective enough – uh, to run the play action, and th that's exactly what it was. Uh, no crazy yards per carry or anything like that, but effective enough uh, for Matt Ryan to do what he needs to do out there. Um, defensively, I'm not so sure it was the de the defense that played well or just that Zach Wilson sucks, um, but uh, we did what we needed to do when we needed to do it on defense. Um, you know, The run defense was probably the most impressive. Uh, Grady Jarrett's just a force out there. Um, total yards... Uh, for the Jets, 230 passing. They had 166 and 64 rushing. Five of 10 on third down, so about 50%. Um, you know, from a defense perspective, there's nothing that really stands out. You go, holy crap, that was amazing what we did. The, the best was probably the run, but I think with the way Zach Wilson was playing, we were able to kind of sell out on the run. Um, against them, it, there's not much I can say more about Grady Jarrett that hasn't been said. You know, we know what he does out there. But one of the things that leaves me scratching my head from a defensive standpoint is that they're not, tr you know, working and, and scheming to get him in many one on one situations. Um, I'd like to see them work more stunts and present him with opportunities um, to put his pass rushing on display. I mean, obviously the run stopping's on the next level, and maybe that's what they see, and they not wanting to pull him from being able to do that. Um, but I'd just like to see him get the opportunities to go one-on-one -on -one in the pass rush and display those skills that he has um, because I think that he has the ability to be a 10-sack guy. I just don't know if he's getting put in the situations to do that. Um, one of the other guys that stood out on this list to me the most was um, 
Ogan Deji um, had a hell of a game. He had a nasty lick on their running back out in the flats, um, and he also um, got himself a sack. I think he's a player that every week he's developing and looking a little bit better and a little bit more comfortable out there. Um, and I think he's going to be a huge part of this defense um, as the uh, as the years come. Um, Dante Fowler, he's he's just so hit or miss with me. I don't know I don't know what his peak is. I mean. You know, sometimes on plays you, you, he looks great with the speed and the burst that he has off the line of scrimmage. But if you go back and watch the film, um, which I skimmed, I, you know, I watched the game as it happened and then I skimmed through it um, again and then watched some of the highlights and things like that. But you know, he just looks like a wild man out there. He's trying various pass rush moves, but he's always so you know he's easily knocked off balance. He just seemed what he seems like. Whatever he's doing, he's unbalanced as he does it. As he does it, and you know he'll go for these crazy spin moves, and his hands are all in the arms are all in the air, and he's going all crazy, and then he gets knocked off balance, and it just doesn't seem like his pass rushing is one fluid motion from the burst to the move and to the break on the quarterback. It just seems like he's all over the place um, from the defensive side of the ball. But um, total numbers here for us. Uh, defensive stat-wise, we had two sacks, uh, four tackles for loss, three pass deflections, and five quarterback hits. So we were getting back there pretty good. I'd like to see those quarterback hit numbers be a little bit higher than what they are, maybe around that seven to nine mark. I think defensive coordinators pay a little bit more attention to the quarterback hits and pressure numbers than they do the actual sack numbers, especially if you listen to Dean Pease uh, talk about the value of sacks versus quarterback hits and pressures. But overall, man, a, a solid performance by the defense, kind of a bend, um, don't break um, approach, um, which is what Dean Pease likes to do. He likes to allow folks to push down the field and then force them into field goal situations, um, which is um, what this team did in this game. So they executed uh, the game plan and allowed Matt Ryan and the offense uh, to do what they do best. Um, but it's starting to look good, guys. Uh, the plan seems to be coming together for Arthur Smith and what he's trying to implement with this team uh, from a schematic standpoint. Uh, we just have a lot to overcome on the defensive side of the ball. Overall, I'm fired up. Uh, going into this bye week, and we come back and face the Miami Dolphins, who are one and four. So we could be looking at a three and three uh, record and feeling okay in a few weeks. So we'll ride this high until then. That is a wrap on this episode of the Heads Up Podcast. Make sure you subscribe or follow on whatever podcast platform you are listening on. If you're on Apple, make sure you leave a five star review for your boy. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Heads Up Falcons. You can follow me personally on Twitter at JBHATL. You can follow me on Instagram at Atlanta Falcons Podcast. I will make an episode during the bye week, probably doing a little check in on where we're at through five weeks, and also probably going to do some listener questions or something like that. Um, but everybody out there, thank you so much for listening. Take it easy, guys.